How we doing out there, everyone? Tim from Ski Rex Media here again doing yet another interview with yet another person who works in snow sports media, which is awesome to talk to these other folks because we all bring a little something different to the table. You know what I do. You know what my buddies Brian and Mario do over at Highfalutin Ski Bums. You know what the Adams do out of the out there in the out of collective. You know we're all different. Uh, Stuart Winchester out there at Storm Ski. We're all different. Everybody's different. Some of us are more professional than the others. Some of us actually know what we're talking about. I'm not one of those people, which is why I get people like Jack McGuirk on here. And as we listen to the thunder outside my home and hope that the power does not go out, um, let's bring Jack on. Jack, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, dandy like a lion, just staying dry. So Jack McGuirk, you let's just go. Let's make it easy for everyone and just tell us all who you are and what you do and why you know what you're talking about where I don't. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, as you just heard, my name is Jack. I work with the uh, Ski and Ride Travel Show, The Mount Report. Uh, this will be my fifth winter with them. Um, and essentially what we do is we travel around, shoot a bunch of video and ski and have fun while we do it. Our show's broadcast in a whole bunch of different places. We can be found on NBC Sports Boston and New- here in New England. Uh, we're out in Colorado in the Rockies on uh, Altitude Sports and Entertainment. Uh, then we're down in Florida with all the snowbirds on Valley Sports. Um, we just picked up a couple more networks. So now we're down in the Pittsburgh area and the Baltimore area and then down in Texas. So essentially we go to these ski areas and basically show off uh, a day in the life of, of what you can expect at these places. Which is great. Like this, Jack and his co-workers and peers all have a dream job for some of us. Like they get paid to do what we do. I mean, they're still working. Like I'm not going to say you're not working, dude. I would never do that. Um, me being small time, I know what kind of work it can be. So I I know what kind of work you all have to do. And they do a very good job over at the Mount Report, dude. You do very well. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. It's work. It's long days. A lot of people think we kind of just ski and ride and, and shoot whatever we want in terms of video and photo. But a lot of times there's planning that's months in advance sometimes weeks uh, and it's long days you know we usually start uh, right around sunrise and we can go late at night into the apres scene um but even though it's work you know we try and have fun with it because one of our mottos is you know skiing's supposed to be about having fun so we take that energy and we we try and show uh, how other people can have fun the same way that we do. Absolutely. These, and again, that it's actually work. What you see me do, that's just skiing around and shooting whatever I want anytime I do any kind of video work. So they're professionals. I'm not, but uh, I try my best. But all kidding aside, man, uh, one of the things that brought us together, and I didn't do my read for Whaleback. I don't know why it slipped my mind, because literally I just told Jack not 10 seconds ago, that I was going to do a whaleback read. Bottom line, go visit Whaleback. The Ski Rex Media Podcast is brought to you in part by Whaleback Mountain here in Enfield, New Hampshire. Well, I'm not in Enfield. I'm like 10 minutes up the road. It's a great place. Small, comfortable, awesome, old school vibe, but all the terrain you could ever want. It's it's got it's just an awesome place to go. I love it. I'm there all the time. I'm a pass holder. I recommend it to everybody. In fact, I don't like recommending it to everybody because I don't want anybody to find it because I'd like to keep it to myself, but I can't do that. Everybody come up here, check it out. It's the most accessible ski hill in the world, I feel. It has its own exit off the highway. It's beautiful. Whaleback Mountain, ski it to believe it. Sorry to interrupt Jack with that because I forgot to do it. See, that's how unprofessional I am talking to a professional. There you go. Oh, no <laughs> worries. No worries. So that's actually how this came about. 
um, not too long ago, Mountain Report did uh, did a segment for Whaleback Mountain, dude. Now I kind of know the story of how that came along uh, from John Hunt over there. Uh, let's hear it from you all, and if you had any part of that in 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 the, in, in your organization. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of a funny story. I think I just woke up one morning and I said, "Oh, I'm going to throw a tweet out and ask our our TMR fans where they're looking forward to skiing this year." And I think this was honestly maybe a year ago, back in. September 21, the Whaleback account responded and said Whaleback Mountain. So I kind of put two and two together, like, oh, maybe I should reach out, see if they want to get on the show and reached out. And then, you know, John and I had a couple conversations and, and voila, they were on the show. Sometimes it's uh, that easy. It, it, it can be that easy. Sometimes it's e that easy for me as well. And it was a great segment. Definitely look it up. I'll link it in the show notes when the time comes for you all to to go see it. It was it was done very well. Um, plus, I have to I have to thank you guys over there. I I have to kind of brag myself up a little bit because about five seconds of video in that was mine. Oh, 100%. Well, hey, we, we we appreciate you uh, letting us use your video because a lot of times it's it's maybe a crew of three or four of us that go out to these shoots. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure on that specific day, it was, it was maybe just one of us that was there. And that's the neat thing about Whaleback is the size of it, right? A lot of people sure. who probably go up to all these bigger mountains in Vermont drive right by it and, and they only see those few trails right off the highway. And I know that's not the case. And like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, there's so much terrain that you can't see there. And it's honestly maybe... I wouldn't say underrated because the terrain is great. I would probably say overlooked because of its size. A lot of people see it and they say, oh, that's not a place that I want to try out and ski. But since that segment, every all my friends who ask where we should go and ski, I always say, let's go to Whaleback because it's right off the highway. Like you mentioned, it's got its own exit. It's easy to get to and it's a ton of fun. It's a ton and a half of fun. And Jack's not wrong. If you look at the trail map, it's kind of cool. The, the, the trails actually kind of go off the lift to the back which would be going south and come out and around. It's very neat. It's a great setup. I, I love it. And it's not all easy stuff. People sometimes equate little mountains with easy terrain. And there's a couple easy things there, but there's a couple hardcore things there too, I think. You know, I've had a, I've had some rough days up there, tiring days, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's like that anywhere. Um, just the fact that you can have steeps and, and groomers all in the same place, like you really can't beat it. And I think that's what gives New England... Uh, in general, not just at Whaleback, like the charm, I would say. A lot of a lot of places around here, you have your greens and, and your blues that are nice groomers that throw on just cruise down, go right ahead. But then a lot of places have the steeps where if you really want to test yourself, send it, right? That's that's what I like to say. Absolutely. Uh, send over safety. That's an inter Instagram account somewhere. I don't say do that, though, for real. Be safe, everybody. Don't hurt yourself, please. <laughs> but oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've, I've had some scares and some crashes where I... I get back up and I'm, I'm almost wondering how I, I didn't hurt myself. And it's kind of lucky because most of the time I'm doing day trips and somebody's got to drive me back home after I ski all day. So I can't really take too, too many big slams. No, absolutely. Keep safe, everybody. Don't mess around. And again, thank you for using my five seconds of video. For anyone's wondering who saw the segment, there's a there's a, a, a just like five seconds of a kid taking a hit. It was at the, um, the Tri-State, the uh, Junior Tri-State championship on big air day and one of my videos make it john hunt asked he's like dude do you have any of your stuff you'd let them use i was like yeah send them all this i was like it's not good but something must have been good enough so i i, I love it but before we go too much further 
because we're going to get into the history of the mountain report now like we've talked up whale back and we've done our bit for that and i love those guys you've also heard us both mention new england skiing now jack you just mentioned all the networks and markets that you are in not just the internet but places all over the country where is the mountain report located like where do you work out of so we are just south of boston um, our office is in a town called Easton here in Mass. And I mean, it was really mostly one or two people throughout the year. And then when we're out on shoots, we bring uh, a couple extra hands to help us. And I've only been around for five years, but the show has been around for over 20. And it's been all over the place. You know, Chamonix out in Colorado at Alta, out up in Banff, Quebec. Uh, and then pretty much everywhere in New England. So we've been around for, for a while. There's a lot of history to the show. We have a lot of archives on our YouTube channel, which is just uh, the Mountain Report, if you want to head over there and check it all out. Um, and then, you know, we're also on all the major social medias, so Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so you can find us all there. Totally. You can find the Mountain Report literally everywhere. Um, if you, I think it was last week, I think the website was down for like a day for maintenance. But don't worry, I'm sure it's back. In fact, I'm looking at it. It is for those who are super fans. And when you go through it, TMR website, like I like to go through it because I see stuff like there's the Whaleback Mountain uh, video. There's Lindsay Delorier right there. Love her. Talk to her a bunch. Well, I have in the past. Um, Stratton, Waterville, which I've just went to the first time. Awesome. Bretton Woods. I've never skied, but I was up there for a Hall of Fame. That's one of the things I had to ask you is, are you all, even though you've been everywhere, it really feels like you're here in New England, home, home for me and maybe home for you all. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, New England is our number one target market just because that's where we're all from. That's where we all have done most of our skiing. But that's not to say we don't go everywhere. In fact, um, one of our partners is the Indy Pass. Um, so our premiere episode uh, this December will be um, our Indy Pass trip to Utah last year. So the last few years since you know 2020, we've been working with them and we try and get to as many Indy Pass skiers as we can. Just, you know, because much like their motto, we've kind of rediscovered where where the soul of skiing comes from and where, where the history and the vibe all comes from. So, you know, anywhere from Waterville Valley that's on the, the Indy Pass. Uh, out in Utah, we we try and hit them all. And if you have any suggestions on where you guys want to see us go, just let us know, and we'd we'd love to try and get there. Uh, I think with my guys, a lot of them, a lot of the people who follow me would say, just anywhere would be great, and it yeah. would be. But um, hey, anywhere the, I the, can get on my skis or my snowboard is even if the snow is not not the best i'm happy because because a day skiing or snowboarding is is hard to beat absolutely 100 percent. and and it's really kind of fun to look at well it's fun that you all work with the indie pass because i love doug fish i love the indie pass i use it doug is quite the character great guy love to just talk to him the other day i love the indie pass and like like i was throwing out like and jack just did as well you know waterville indie I, again i mentioned Lindsay delorier had it was in a thumbnail she's runs bolton valley indie um, there's a picture of you, uh, at Berkshire East Indy, <laughs> you know, it's all, there's so many. And if you get to actually travel to all of them, Jack and I were, I'm mean, not Jack, Doug and I were talking about, can anybody hit them all? We think that's impossible. Um, but would you try with the mountain report? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's, there's so many on the past now from where they first started a couple of years ago. It's kind of, kind of hard to figure out where you want to start. I mean, we've been lucky enough to go to pretty much all of them and, in New England, minus the the ones who've been added uh, over the summer and last spring, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we did our trip to Utah and we're, we're hoping to do a similar trip this year. We haven't decided, you know, where we're going to go. We're thinking Pacific Northwest just as a ballpark, but yeah, it'd be quite, quite interesting to see if somebody can hit, can hit all of them. I know I try and keep track of all my redemptions and yep. uh, it gets tough sometimes. It does. And the thing is, when Doug and I were talking, we were joking about trying to do it in a season. There's just no way, not without your own private fastest plane on earth. You just can't do it. And you probably need a helicopter so you can land at mountain. Some of these mountains aren't near any airports at all. Now, since you you, you brought up Chamonix, and here's this right here. I'm looking at the website at the same time for those listening. And I know with an audio thing, talking about what I'm looking at is dumb. But just follow along. Follow along at home. Go to the mountainreport.tv and you will find it. Would you do the indies in Japan? You know, it would be... Probably a long, long flight, but I hear the snow in Japan is phenomenal. So my mm. easy answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> anywhere that I can go, if I have the opportunity, it's kind of hard to say no. I don't know. Skiing in Japan in that snow sounds pretty cool to me. If yeah. Oh, God, yes. I would love it. I would love to go just ski all day and then end up eating something awesome and watching sumo. Japan's got to be a great place to visit. I I would assume. I've never been there. I know people who haven't said it's a good time. But the snow is supposed to be legendary. Just absolutely legendary. Like, you'll see nothing like it. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. I mean, I've I've also never been there. I mean, any time of year in japan i hear is a good time but the pictures i see that in the indie pass posts or really anybody that's in japan makes me kind of jealous that a pow day in new england is probably a foot of snow whereas out there it could be a couple oh yeah oh yeah i've seen some disgusting video and 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 it's just like wow you can actually dig that out like there's technology that exists where you can plow that because here, that's just an end-of-the-world scenario. Not to say we wouldn't try, though. The, you know, I, the more I look at this page with the mountains on it, it's it's more, well, let, let's 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 take this. I asked Doug this, uh, Doug Fish, this again, founder of the Indie Pass. And again, Jack will, will be able to uh, uh, elaborate on this, I think, because again, he knows what he's talking about. But I've been saying that as an Indie Pass user, being here in the Upper Valley, Vermont, New Hampshire, this is like ground zero with the indie pass offerings that are within an hour to two hours from here and now with the indie allies including whaleback and mcintyre and the skiway and middlebury and and so on and so forth like this is like the place to be if you were an indie pass holder i think oh for sure i would 100 percent agree with that i mean look at new hampshire alone you, you have cannon you've black mountain which was, i believe is home to one of the oldest lifts in the country Cannon has a ton of history on its own, you know, with uh, with the Taft Slalom Trail, which I think was cut maybe back in the 40s, you know, the first aerial tramway. Sure. Um, and then you have the smaller places like Pat's Peak that's been owned by the same family since since they opened. Yeah. And then you look in Vermont, you know, with Magic and, and Bolton Valley, two places that started off as just an idea and are still around to this day. And then uh, over in Maine with, with the newly reopened Saddleback, I mean, you have some really good options of places to go. And like you mentioned a couple minutes ago with the new allied resorts, you know, you could spend maybe a, a week or two just kind of traveling New England to all these awesome ski towns and, and checking out all these cool places to ski. 100%. There's so much to see. If you're a travel guy or a travel girl and you want to hit like my mountain count nearly doubled in one season because of the Indy Pass. Like just doubled places I had never been to. And they're all, again, like I said, if, if there's people 
who want to just get to Mount Snow. Obviously, Epic Pass, not Indie Pass. But and I'm not changing subjects. <laughs> the uh, Mount Snow, that's like four, five hours from New York City in traffic when everybody leaves on Friday. For me, four or five hours, I have like 40 or 50 total choices and half of those at least are on the Indy Pass. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, here's a road trip for you, right? You can start off in New Hampshire because I know I've I've got a, a lot of great memories that can and I ski, I've skied there a couple times each year. You can start off at Cannon, you drive north, you can hit Burke, which is an allied resort. Mm-hmm. You go even further north, hit Jay Peak, and then you go south and you can hit Bolton. And then if you really want to go, you can hit Whaleback as an allied resort and either Magic or Pat's Peak. That's a handful of ski areas right there that all have their own, uh, I don't want to say s- same types of trails, but you know the mountains are, are the terrain itself is, is very similar in New England, no matter where you're skiing. Either have your classic tight and winding or wide open carving trails, but each of those ski areas are different in their own right, from lift capacity to to snow type to weather. And really, the nice thing about the Indy Pass is, from what we noticed the last few years, is it brings us to places that we probably would have never gone to if it didn't become a thing. Totally, that's me too. There's places on there like the. Uh... Saskadena Six, which is the new name for Suicide Six for anyone who doesn't know. Growing up in Vermont, I had heard of it, but we never took the time to come up here. We didn't even know where it was. We all worked at Mount Snow. I grew up in southern Vermont. We worked at Mount Snow at during the American Skiing Company, so that dates me a little bit, um, back in the 90s. So we were at Haystack and Mount Snow and Killington because we didn't have to pay. So we were just going to those places. Now I have the Indy Pass. I've places that I've heard of. I'm now visiting, and then there's places I've never heard. I never heard of Pat's Peak. Never heard of it. Love the place. The place is awesome. Have you have you actually been there? I have. Yeah, I, I went uh, in 2020. I went twice in probably about the span of a few weeks. Mm. Um, and one thing I took away because we went there and we actually filmed a segment there. Mm-hmm. Um, driving up, you're kind of just driving through a residential neighborhood. Yeah. And then once you get to the parking lot, you can see some nice varied terrain, especially off the, I think it was the hurricane lift with the the bump run. Like that was so much fun to ski all day. I think I did that at least 10 times. And you can take people there who have been skiing for 20 years and have a good time. You can take people there who probably or could have never skied and you can have a good time. It's just one of those places where uh, they really focus on, on offering good quality skiing and varying terrain for all types of abilities oh yeah absolutely man that place is so much fun in fact the ski rex media pennsylvania contingent some of the fans who have become friends that i've skied with they came up this past season once everything was open again and we we all went down to jay peak for a day and man we i mean i had been there before they hadn't and we all just loved it and it, it, it's a great place it's a wonderful place jack said it man you know this this whole episode is just going to come turn into two new englanders talking about just every mountain that's what it's going to turn into everybody so buckle up Uh, this is going to become a locals episode very quickly i think but it pat's peak is a great place and when we're talking about with indie pass there's places you might not have heard of or might just have driven past and that's something everybody says like especially during the um the lockdown periods when we had during the covid19 stuff where there was a lot more um, ticket restriction and and uh, sales restriction, you know, they put limits on what they sold. 
So big places that everybody went to sold out fast. So everybody else went somewhere else and it was all Indie Pass. But here's one that's not on the Indie Pass, a little one no one's ever heard of, Ski Queechy at the Queechy Club, man. Were you part of those shoots at all? Oh, yeah. The uh, the Queechy Club is one of a kind. No matter what season, whether you're a golfer, you can go play there to 18-hole courses. Or if you're a skier and snowboarder like me, I've been lucky enough to be able to do both. And mm-hmm. uh, it's much like Pat's Peak in a way. Um, Sassanina 6, while I've never skied there, it's set up very similar. You know, there's one main chair that brings you up to a bunch of different trails and um, we were we were lucky enough to be there uh, the day after about a 15-inch snowstorm. So uh, there was probably about a half and half, half-groomed runs. The rest were all filled with powder. So, um, And I remember it was a, a bluebird day. It was just really cold. But mm-hmm. another place that if it ever joins on the Indy Pass or even if you just want to go check it out, would highly recommend because it's another place where you can have a good time no matter what. It's a neat little spot that you would never know. I'll tell you how I found out about it. I was I had just moved back to to Vermont. I had been living in New Jersey and Las Vegas and all over. Come home, man, and I live in the Upper Valley now, and I'm driving across US Route 4. People who go to Killington and Pico know that road. That's yep. where Killington and Pico are. But you're going through the town of Queechee in a Hartford township, the Hartford Village or whatever, and you see what looks like a ski area. Now you don't think much about it because there's a bunch of farms around here that are cut uphill. They're not ski areas. They're just farms. But then you realize there's a chair there and you're like, what the? Okay. And you head on over and sure enough, there it is. It's this little hidden gem that's part of a country club. So it's semi-private. No, not even private. That's not the right word. It's open to the public, but those who belong to the country club, I think get a better deal. I forget. Uh, offhand what it is but it's definitely a cool little joint check it out if you have the opportunity it's great how how small do you guys go over there like does it have to be lift served would you go up to like or have you gone up to northeast slopes or something like cochran's or stores hill things like this um i know since i've been around we everywhere i've been um mm-hmm. it's been lift served but i know there's a couple places uh that i've skied personally that are only lift uh I guess tow service, whatever you want to call it, uh, service level lifts, I think is yeah. the right way to describe it. Yeah, um, exactly. And those are other places that are really community focused that like you've been, we've been saying this whole time, people might not even think of going. Um, and you mentioned Cochran's, that's a place that has a ton of history, not only in New England, but in, but in the ski world itself. And I know there's one up in uh linden vermont i think it's just called the linden outing club that's got a ski mm-hmm. hill which is a rope tow yep. um and it's it's kind of funny because we've been talking about you know places where we want to go and really you know the heart of skiing is kind of something that i'd like to showcase yeah over the next few years just because skiing has become so corporate the last few years that it's really the places that kind of got the the industry started that i think really deserve all the spotlight I agree with that. And that's really cool. That's what makes the mountain report. I think so cool is that they, like I say, snow sports are for everyone. And clearly you all believe the same thing because you go anywhere, not just everywhere, but anywhere again, Pat's peak and all the other indie places, Canon magic Bolton. Uh, what else you got on here? Smugglers, Knott's Berkshire, East Queechy, all this different stuff, but Chamonix and all the other places too. 
Bretton Woods, which people say is an elitist place. I don't know. I only went up there for the uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony. I didn't get to ski it and really explore it. So I don't know. I don't know what that place is like. Bretton Woods. Uh, I've skied Bretton Woods a, a lot over my uh, 10 plus years on snow. And, and every time I go there, no matter if it's vacation period or if it's just midweek, it's always a good time just because you know the conditions are always prime uh the new gondola that pretty much takes you right to the summit is is great and that's another place that has you know terrain for all abilities i've gone with some people who aren't necessarily beginners but are working their way up to the intermediate level uh and then i've gone with my buddies and i who have been skiing together for a long time where we just kind of go uh to the western side of the mountain and stay on the steep all day but uh, another place where it's always a, always a good time to go, and, and the views are are hard to beat. You just no matter what trailer you're on, you're always looking down at at the Omni Mount Washington Hotel and the Presidential Range. I'm a nerd when it comes to the mountains, so <laughs> I know most of the names of the peaks all around there. So I remember when we were there last year, just trying to show off a bit. Oh yeah, that's the Prezies over there, and and Mount Hale and Mount Tom are behind us. But again, it's always a good time when you go to Brent Woods. I can respect that. I wish I could recall all the peak names at any given time. I can barely remember my name on a Tuesday. So I want to respect you if you can do that. I mean, I can point to Mount Washington, but anybody can do that. <laughs> I, can, I can call out Killington from the backside without the trails, depending on where I am. If I'm at the top of Mount Equinox, that's a hike or a drive, everyone. There's no skiing there. I mean, I guess if you were really good out of bounds, backcountry freak skier, you could do it, but I wouldn't, not a chance. No way would I do that. That's just asking for it. But no, I respect you, dude. So you've been on snow for only 10 years. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm on the younger side of, of the industry, I would say. So uh, right now I'm 23. So I started, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. I don't even know how old you would be then. But I've, I've gotten around. I've, I've had my, my fair share of, of fun. Uh, and I'm only going to have more fun going going from here on out. But uh, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of really cool places, both on my own and then also working with Mount Reports and places that I probably would have never gone to because I grew up skiing in New Hampshire. I was I learned how to ski at Waterville. And then we moved towards Loon with some family. And then once we decided we wanted to do a little more, I guess you would say, tougher terrain, we... We made our home at Cannon for a few years, and now I'm back at Waterville for the last two. So really, the old Ski 93 pass that used to be around, um, I'm living in it in present day, even though the pass isn't around. Nice, nice. Shout out to Waterville Valley, man. I, I like that place, too. I went there this past season for the first time. Um, again, Indy Pass. And uh, man, what a great place. Shout out to Jumpin' Steve over there as well. Friend of the show, friend of the program. Uh, great guy. And uh, shout out to Rob Dresser and the freestyle kids over there, too. We, we, we know them, too. You, you start to find out that New England skiing really is just a family affair, both figuratively and literally. Families all own the smaller places, and then we all end up kind of knowing each other in the end. Don't, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've like I said, I do mostly day trips on my own, and I've gone to Waterville, and I get in a lift line, and some of the lifties know me by name, mostly because my helmet is green, so it's kind of hard to miss. But yeah, it's a, it's a family thing. Like I know I've skied with a lot of my family members and even my friends. It's it's kind of a thing where sometimes it's nice to go on your own where you can just go down trails you want. But skiing's the best when you're with people that you you want to ski with and and 
there's really not much else to say. That's how skiing should be. It is. And that's, you know, it was amazing that skiing, almost not amazing. I shouldn't say amazing, but during the COVID thing, you know, ride your lift alone or with your group, you know, the gondolas are closed. Don't go inside this, that, and the other. It almost felt like it was going to kill it because it is a social sport. It's 100% social sport. You should do it with more people and you'll always make friends. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jack, you talked to people on the lift. You were just saying, right? New people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's kind of awkward when you get on the lift and, and you're just in silence for a few, for a few minutes. So I try and always talk to the person, see if they've skied, what's good, what's not worth it. And then who knows, sometimes you, you end up skiing with them for the rest of the day. I know that's happened a couple times. So yeah, it's just, it's more fun when you can go with people and, and, and have a good time. So absolutely. Like I, you're not wrong. I like some days and I end up skiing most of the time because I kind of worked my schedules to be a weekday skier to avoid weekend rushes. So I don't always get to go out with people, but there's always people there. I remember this past season at Pat's peak, got on a lift with a guy and his daughter. His daughter was between us and me, me and the dad were just yapping, yapping, yapping. And this kid was just like, really? I mean, young teenager, 13, 14, you know how it goes. But oh it was yeah. Just, it was hysterical because she was like, really? And we're just, we were gabbing like the stereotypical teenage girls. It was hysterical, I thought. And, uh, you know, talk to him for a while, talk with someone else for a while. You get to know the lifties. I also wear bright green, so lifties know who I am. <laughs> like, it's it's great. It's a really great social sport. And the cool thing now with this interview, as it's now taken turns from just New England talking and BSing and whatnot, if Jack's 23, I'm 43, you're now talking two different generations, yet Jack is still down, as he said, with the the smaller, you know, more classic places. I think that's so awesome, dude, that, you know, some people say young people just aren't with it. They're all going to Killington, but that's not true. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd go to Killington any day of the week if I could. Sure, it's just sure. so much fun to go there, but... Uh, I tell all my friends that I've I've got an old school type of mind from my my skiing to to my music taste. So, um, the the places that you can go where there's people who've been skiing there for forty fifty years that you can just learn stuff from is is kind of cool to me. And I know most of the places I do my skiing, my my dad tells me to go there because when he was my age in skiing, he said it was it was fun. And you get there and you learn that it's just as fun now as it was back in the day. So I mean. It it really is. I mean, and I my biggest motto is any day skiing is better than day at work, right? I mean, totally. any day skiing in general is is better than just about anything else if you're that much of a ski fanatic like I am. Absolutely, dude. Like it is wonderful. It is awesome. I love it, and I'm not even that good at it. You know, people are. You know, I tell them my age, and you're like, wait, you've been skiing since sixth grade. I'm like, yes, I've been skiing since sixth grade. No one ever says I'm bad, but. It, but I'll say it. I'm not great. I'm good enough. And that's as good as I need to be. I don't run bumps anymore because I'm an old man with bad knees, you know, <laughs> these kind of things. But it's still just as much fun. Like we were saying, it's for everybody. It doesn't matter your skill level, your experience level. Doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl or whatnot. Just go out and have fun, man. I'm sure you agree. Oh, totally. I mean, for whatever reason, I've noticed that there's kind of like this hidden notion that that you have to be good at skiing to go certain places and that's just not the case i mean you could be a beginner and go wherever you want as long as you're out there learning how to ski who really cares what how good you are or what you look like it's just you know what we we've said it probably a thousand times we should probably keep a tally by now it's just about having fun you shouldn't care 
how you dress, what you look like when you're skiing. I know I've been a snowboarder most of my life. I picked up skiing two years ago. I look like a complete Jerry when I ski, but I don't care. <laughs> I have fun when I do it. So, I mean, it's, it's just about having fun. And obviously you want to stay within your limits because, I mean, practice makes perfect. But as long as you're having fun, who really cares? That's what I like to say. Yeah. Who cares? Just get out there and do it. And that's what I say. And, you know, and I get there's other things, you know, a lot of the times like we're here in New England, we can go anytime we want. You know, city folk don't always have that, but they have the uh, they have indoor option now. Has a uh, mountain report gone down to big snow yet or plan to or waiting for Alpine X to open their facilities or anything? I'm I haven't been down there. The mountain report hasn't been down there. It's definitely something of interest just because I don't know skiing indoors. I, I don't want to bash it until I've tried it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It does. It seems like a good alternative if you're really craving it. Mm. Um, so I'd like to go down and, and try it on my own. But I, have you been down there yet? Totally. Um, I dug it. I think it's great. I think see it, it does. They do down there at Big Snow American Dream in East Rutherford, New Jersey, right across the street from where the Giants and the Jets play. Um, for you football fans, football season's coming around, and uh, they only do two and four hour sessions, which is enough. I don't think I could actually. St- if someone said, "Dude, I dare you to stay in there all day," I could do it, but you would get bored. It's one trail or one trail in the park. If you're a freestyle type of person, if you're a trickster, you could do it. I think it's cool. There's something about riding a quad chair indoors that's just awesome. There's just something about it. Uh, a lot of people make fun of it. They're like, dude, it's just like going to the gym. I was like, well, that's fine. Work it out. What a great way to do that, especially if you live in the city where it's now just across the river, not five hours in traffic. I like it. I say go down there, dude. Check it out. Like if you got, you know, a day or two that you want to just take a ride down there. Yeah, the traffic sucks, but whatever. It's it's doable. And I dug it. I, I like it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'll make a trip if uh, the Pats play the Jets or Giants to the Meadowlands one of these years. Absolutely. There you go. Make it a two-piece thing because, again, it's all it's two hours and four hours. And if it's not a busy day, you'll get a thousand runs in those two hours. And it's it's not a difficult terrain. It's I'd say it's a New England blue. It e- And it even gets sketchy and icy during the day too you know they gotta go and resurface it real quick um it is real snow though but they have a they have a really nice learning center though i, I gotta give them credit for that i liked it you know i, I like the whole experience i i love it and the alpine x facilities uh again i don't know if you guys have gotten to down at the mountain report have talked to john emery and alpine x you know and they they bodie miller was working with them now so the the the, the facilities they plan on opening are just going to be these awesome giant destinations it's going to be great i think i think it it's not the future of skiing because that will it will always be outside but it's cool yeah definitely i would definitely like to try and get down there and and try it out for sure i think you should take some cameras you might get something you might not it it, again you're only going to be there a couple hours unless you are going to work then you'll probably be there all day but yeah (laughs) it's a lot of fun speaking of uh off-season stuff um we've been talking about me uh some of the other folks in snow media are you all going to be represented at snowbound this season yes we uh we plan on being there um i know myself i'll be there a couple of the days because we usually always when it was when the old boston ski show we usually go every day either the saturday or sunday Mm -hmm. um but we're definitely going to be there at least one of the days hopefully all of them if possible uh but yeah we will be there this year excellent see a bunch of us are going too and that was going to that was more to my point of in the end, we all start and it's not just because we're media folks, 
um, be it amateur or professional, it's because we, it's New England and that's what we do. We all just know each other. It's hysterical. I don't know how it happens. I don't. I'm sure I'll run into someone I know down in Yagu Valley at some point. No one even knows what that place is. Oh, I've been to Yagu. Don't you worry. I know what that is. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Who was I talking to who had been down there? Uh, the guys at um, Any Stomps, they're a stomp pad manufacturer right up the road from here, actually. And they're like, oh, we know those guys. And I'm like, uh, awesome, because I'm getting there on the Freedom Pass. So if you have a Whaleback Pass or McIntyre or uh, one of any other number of passes, you get a couple days there. What do you think of that place? People like to rag on that, I think, more than they like to rag on indoor skiing, like Rhode Island, really? Yeah, that I think that's the biggest thing. People, they don't when they hear Rhode Island, they don't probably think of skiing. They probably think of seafood, which I don't blame them. I've spent a lot of time in Rhode Island, and the seafood yeah. is phenomenal. But I've I've been to Yagu once, and sure. uh, you just got to make the most out of what you're given. Really, I mean, it's a cool little hill. Um, again, kind of like a Pat's Peak situation where you're just driving down a residential road, and uh, you're going downhill for a few minutes and then all of a sudden you see snow on the right hand side of the road, depending on which direction you come from mm-hmm. uh, and a couple old school double chairs. And I remember the day I went again was right after a snowstorm. So I really picked the best time to go. Um, <laughs> but it's just another cool place where if you only have a few hours, if you're from the, the Providence area or even, you know, some parts of Connecticut and mass, if you only have a few hours and you're, you're craving the itch to go out and ski, it's a great place to go. Now, let me ask you about that place. This is a, I've, I've kind of presented it as fact and I shouldn't have. So that's on me world. Uh, I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong. Did you hear about during COVID year one and everything, you know, Vermont, what didn't want you to come here at all. They put the signs up on the border um, you know, Massachusetts had some restrictions, you know, a few places. I heard a couple times Yagu Valley had to shut the door and say no more because everybody from Connecticut and Mass ended up going there because it was the only thing they could get. I mean, Connecticut has a couple places, um, but I guess Yagu just got slammed a couple times. Did you hear anything about that? Since, again, Jack knows what he's talking about. I don't. Yeah, I heard a few rumblings like that, and and not just at Yagu, kind of all over the place. Was, you know, when the pandemic first happened, a lot of people didn't know what skiing was was going to look like for from that point to now. And with the whole push to get outdoors and just be outside, I feel like COVID kind of helped save the ski industry in a way. I know I saw a lot of people definitely going for the first time just to get outside, and I think that's a good thing. And for Yagu, it's a, a smaller ski area; it's the only one in Rhode Island. And for them to have to shut down ticket sales for the day, that's big for them. Um, and especially down this way, because they rely so heavily on the weather that here in, where, where we are in southern New England, it can be 30 degrees on a Monday and 65 the next day. Yeah, so, yeah totally. I, I did. I heard some. I mean, that's all across the place. Um, that's New England weather for you, I guess. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I did hear some rumblings of that. Yeah. See, I find that interesting. Again, it's one of those things where they're small. They only have so much capacity because they're small. So when everybody's like, well, this is what's open. Let's go. If they can close down for a day, that's a good ish day for them. That means they made money and that's really good. And again, something I always say, like I said about Whaleback, I love Whaleback. I don't like telling people about it, but I love telling people about it <laughs> because I want it all to myself. I love being able to go to Whaleback at two o'clock when they open during the week and have no line, no lines. The only people there at two o'clock are the after school programs and the racer kids, the race academies. 
And then you get like the, you know, the people who are getting out of, you know, sneaking out of work early. I've seen a couple of you. Don't lie. You snuck out. It, it, it's awesome. These smaller places. And I, and I, I really dig it. And Jack's not wrong. COVID in a way saved at least some of the spirit of it. Like we lost some of the social part on the lifts in the lodges, but it brought back tailgating. Did you see that out there? Oh, that was honestly probably some of the best moments of that ski year. It's kind of, you know, because usually the after scene is, is saved for the bar or at some places the club afterwards, but sure, kind of felt like Everybody staying in their ski gear, having a, a couple beers in the parking lot after. Like, I wish I could do that all the time because that was a ton of fun. And even, yeah, I know getting changed in your car, some people might not like that. Personally, yeah. I like it. Oh, um, me too. Just, you know, one less thing you have to do when you get there. You don't have to worry about the possibility of people snagging your stuff, thinking it's theirs by mistake or maybe not by mistake if they just think that your stuff is better than theirs. But I don't know, booting up at the car and then on a nice spring day, you and all your buddies kind of setting up some lawn chairs and having lunch out by your car. I mean, I know making my, my home at Waterville the last few years, I saw some people playing like cornhole, tossing mm-hmm. a football around. It was kind of this cool environment that, that was hard to beat. It really was. And, you know, it's so funny. I think it, it took people to like, look, none of us, who are snow sports enthusiasts will disagree with it being an expensive hobby um, from equipment to tickets to whatever. And one of those things is food. When you go into a lodge, you expect to spend a lot. I almost wonder if that's going to hurt that because people aren't going back into the lodge this year. I don't think they really didn't last year. I don't think they are this year either. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it depends when you were going. I, I know I nowadays now that I can do it, um, I try to avoid going during the holiday weeks mm-hmm. um, just because I'm I'm going to call myself out and say it. I've gotten spoiled the last few years being able to go midweek and, and having the place to myself. Yeah, um, totally. And it seems like, you know, when in that sense during the week, the lodges aren't too, too full. But on the weekends and during holiday periods, because I did go a couple times last year, it, it felt like like skiing was was 2018, 2019 season again. Um, it kind of just felt right in a way. Like the first time you go to go to the, the TD Garden or Madison Square Garden for a full arena basketball or hockey game, like it just felt right. It it did. It was great. It was still great. Like the, you know, the snow's been a little weak the last couple seasons in the COVID nineteen, but man, it found a way. It's one of the most, in, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but it it, it was one of the biggest feel good stories you would hear around the country during the last couple of years is like hey we're all still out and we're still doing it and now that all that stuff's about done you see him going back into it hardcore i got to go up to killington at the end of may i didn't ski it because that's you know that uh, my biggest problem with that people think i rag killington and say it's stupid to be skiing in may i would never say that my thing is is that those bumps get wicked bumped and I shouldn't be up there anymore. It's just not, it's not safe for other people. We'll put it that way. I could do it, but I could get squirrely really quickly. And man, if that is the social scene, like if you've never been to Killington in May or June, go out there. Jack, have you gotten to do that yet? No, you know, I was going to do it this year. I was just about to. And then, uh, I don't know. I just, just decided not to do it. I, I like you. I don't want to bash it because I've never done it. I personally, 
if I'm going to drive that length for a day, I would rather do it on a wide open ski, ski area with a bunch of trails. But for somebody who lives within an hour that can say they've skied in May and June in New England, when you're mm-hmm. not hiking to Tuckerman's Ravine or something like that, I mean, I think that's pretty cool. And, and I mean, they say the beast says the longest season in the East for a reason. And I don't know, I, I think it's cool definitely being able to, to go up and ski in the morning and maybe mountain bike or play golf in, in the afternoon. So uh, I definitely one day would like to do it. Uh, and, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure why I didn't do it last spring. Mm. Uh, probably decided to do something else, but who's, who's to say, I can't remember, but, uh, Definitely would like to try it. I don't know. It seems like skiing in shorts and a t-shirt seems pretty cool to me. It is. It's, 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 it's amazing. And not to say I haven't done it. Back in the day, I have. Again, this is more serious. Tim will say, look, I do know how to ski bumps. I have. I can tell you the last bump trail I skied, it was down in Bear Trap and uh, at Mount Snow. Uh, you know, that's what I did. And there, it, there comes a time when you have to recognize that maybe you're not up to task. And I don't think I'm up to task. But man, that's a party that's tailgating on a new level. Like it, it, it's a wonderful thing. And now to, again, this was to the social point. And so if you have never d- done it, go check that out. That's great. I say that to everybody. It's a lot of fun. And then you brought up Tuckerman's that you can continue to ski that pretty late into the, uh, into the year, the season. Um, do, does mountain report cover like backcountry, out of bounds, free ski, you know, you pick your terminology uphill. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, you say that we, in our show, um, sometimes we do a segment, what we call out of bounds, where I know we, we've been in, uh, I believe it was Mount Tremblant. We did a, a, a piece on skinning up and skiing down kind of just as a alternative to lift service skiing to kind of get back to the roots and how you used to do it or really any other winter activity, whether it's snowshoeing, snowmobiling, fat tire mountain biking, which I know is big up near Burke in Vermont. Um, mm-hmm. We, we haven't done necessarily, you know, working with another company who does solely skinning and alpine touring uh, in that sense, but we definitely have, have shown it in the past. And uh, it's kind of cool because it's a completely different type of skiing in a way. It's uh, a lot of work for a short but rewarding run down is the best way to describe it. And, and I'm sure I know people who have, who love uphill, you know, they'll, they'll just go up two or three times and that'll be good for their day, you know, as opposed to lift service, whether it be surface or chair or whatever, um, you go up a thousand times. Um, you did bring up Treblant though, before I forget, again, the, the listeners knows old school ski rex media listeners. know I, I, this is for me. This isn't for them. This is my information, my time. Um, you brought up Treblant. Did you all do the casino? Were you there for that? Were you old I enough? Was, <laughs> I was not there for that, unfortunately. Looking back at that segment, I wish we waited till I was able to go because it seems like it's a wicked good time. And everybody that I've talked to, they always ask me, have you skied in Quebec yet? Have you gone to Quebec? Uh, mm-hmm. The answer is no. Why? Just haven't gotten the chance to go yet. Mount Report, they did, we did do a show from Quebec in the Eastern Townships last year um, mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason. I, again, can't remember. I was not on the trip. Um, but it's just like a different, different type of experience once you cross the border and you go into Canada. The terrain and mountains are set up very similar from what I've been told, but it's the experience that's a lot different than skiing here in the States. 
Oh, I'm sure. The only see the thing about Treblant for me is that Skirex Media fully supports gambling in the gambling industry, 100%. Love it. Even asked John Emery, uh, the head of Alpine X, I was like, dude, are you going to put one of those indoor places over in Las Vegas? Because I think you should do that, and you should call me the second you do it. That's actually like the second or third time I've told that story on the show this week um, <clears throat> for recording. Um, I made the same. Uh, I told the same story when I was talking to Wendy Clinch, the ski diva. I, I just want to check that out. I think that's the coolest thing in the world, but you didn't get to go. That's such a shame. Are you, how bummed out do you get when the mountain report, you know, your job, you know, when you're doing that and they're like, all right, we need this, 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 but you get to stay at the desk this week. I mean, obviously I wish I could get out and ski every day of the week, but mm -hmm. sometimes you got to let other people have fun, whether it's a, a professional or personal reason. I try not to get too bummed because I always say to myself, there's always next ski season. Sure. Um, but I think I, I don't want to quote it word for word in case I butcher it, but there's a Warren Miller quote that says, if you don't ski it this year, you'll be one year older when you do yep. or something like that. I that's don't it. know if that's, the, is that the exact one? I think that's, I think that's it. Wow. Look at me go. Um, I, I mean, let's be honest. I have the memory of a goldfish, so I could be <laughs> wrong, but I think yeah, you got but it. I mean, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a chip on my shoulder, but in a way it's like, all right, I'll, I'll make sure I get there next year or the year after that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the nice thing about, about the mountain report is, yeah, we stay local in New England a lot of the times, but we're, we always have that itch to go somewhere different, whether it's Quebec, whether it's Colorado, Utah, you name it. You know, a, a bucket list place for me that I'd like to go is, is Jackson, Wyoming to be able to go to, uh, you know, obviously Jackson Hole Resort. Yeah. Uh, and ski Corbett's. I know I keep telling myself I can do it and by, probably get there and look over the edge and might have to run down on the base lodge real quick. Then uh, even use my Indy Pass at Snow King because I hear that's got some of the steepest trails probably in the country. I've heard that place is sick. I've heard Wyoming as a whole is sick. Like it, it's just a whole other world. Like you go to Colorado, you do all that. You shoot next door to Wyoming. It's a whole other planet out there. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, that's a fun thing about the mountain report is I'm a skier at heart, but I'm also a photographer and videographer and going to all these ski areas, especially for people who don't ski, you get to see some views that are unbelievable. So quick, quick story. I, I skiing at Cannon all these years, always look to skiers, right? And you see Mount Lafayette and the Franconia Ridge. Mm -hmm. And the last four years have been saying, man, I want to, I want to hike that. Cause the, the trail is unbelievable. I'm saying that from an experience because I did it three days ago. Mm -hmm. Body is still sore from it. It's about a 10 mile hike. And I got up to the summit and I'm looking down at Cannon. And I said, wow, Cannon looks a lot smaller from that, from up here. But yeah. then you get to the trail and you're like, this is the biggest skier in New Hampshire. And it's, it's just crazy. And, and my creative juices were flowing and it's, it, it's hard to beat when, when you're skiing on, on the mountain or in the mountains in general, really. Sure. No, it really is. Um, and again, I, I like that you brought up nature and the views. It's like, that's a big part of it that the mountain report pushes that kind of piece as well. It's, it's being in nature, you know, it, it's being one with earth. I mean, get as hippie as you want on this one, kids. I, I don't know, <laughs> but it's, it's just being outside. You might run into turkeys. You never know. Yeah. Or you could be that kid who was on Instagram a couple months ago with the bear chasing him down the hill. Yeah. That was pretty wild. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely easier to get more speed on skis, I would say, but I, de I know I definitely probably would not have carved on my snowboard. I would have just 
flown right down as fast as I could. Yeah, with that bear, maybe. See, here in New England, little little science lesson for you all, we have black bears. That's what we have here. I'm not worried about that. You know, they can get big, and if you pick a pick a fight with a mama bear with cubs, you're going to lose. But generally speaking, not a problem. Out there, they got brown bears, grizzly bears. Just tuck it and go. <laughs> you, you stand yeah. a better <laughs> chance of surviving the fall than the bear eating you. You don't want to do that. And, you know, th- this is something I have to say. You know, it's just like these fools who go out in Yellowstone and try and pet the bison. Leave the animals alone. Take a picture. Move on. Exactly. That's the that's a easiest way to describe it. Just it's cool to see don't want to mess with them especially on one of their bad days absolutely but you might get something cool like a rodent there was a video i just saw come out of new zealand uh one of those echidnas walked up on a snowboard or checked her checked out her feet or board and then just moved you know moved on its way but then again there was a video of a kid on a on a cross-country uh run who got attacked by a grouse it was funny because the kid didn't get hurt but man that sucks (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember back in the spring, I, I hiked Mount Osceola and I was going up and this guy was coming down and he looks at me and he says, Hey, there's a grouse about a hundred feet up the trail who seems pretty feisty. He just came at my feet and I just swat him away. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout. And, and I went by trying to be as quiet as I could. Luckily he didn't, he didn't see me, which is a good thing. Cause I don't even <laughs> want to know what the outcome would have been, but yeah, it's, some of the stories that you hear from from either you know hikers or ski skiers of of their experiences is an added bonus most of the time. Oh, so many stories of just seeing weird stuff. It's a weird sport where you will see weird things and not just animals. And we can get into the weird, but before I forget, um, since I brought up the kid cross country, now I don't think does the Mount Report cover cross country. Did I miss that somewhere? Uh, again, that would probably fall under one of our out of bounds. Sure, uh, sure. Segments. I know, I guess I probably should have explained what the format of the show is earlier on, but essentially we basically showcase a day in the life of each ski area from your amenities, whether it's the hotel or the base lodge, children's programs, programs like free ski and, and race teams, uh, and then what the, the ski area offers as a whole, whether it's tubing, cross-country skiing, like we just mentioned, snowshoeing, and just your alpine skiing as well. So I know it over the course of the 20-plus the years of the Mountain Report, we've definitely showcased it a couple times, but we haven't necessarily gone to uh, a Great Glen Trails in, in Jackson, New Hampshire, per, for example, sure. um, and done just cross-country. I know it's definitely something that I'd like to try just because I've never done it, and I'm always open to trying new things. So who knows? Maybe this year we, we, we might try it. And that'd be cool. I know for myself, I'm thinking about getting back into it. Um, I haven't done it since high school. There's cross country, you know, Nordic offerings on the Indie Pass now. I have no excuse not to try it. And uh, as Indie Pass supporters as well over there at the Mountain Report, man, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Talking about weird. Now you get to be up there all day with a camera to go back. I I didn't forget the weird. I just wanted to get the cross country question out. You guys have must've seen some of the stuff, like we all see it now with the advent and the, you know, we're all social media is just ingrained in people. Now it's, it's part of the culture. I feel like now, so you get to see some of this weird stuff. I'm sure you with a camera on your hand have seen the weirdest of the weird, like the animals and whatnot. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen people who, you know, crash and kind of look around and say, oh, what, what what just happened? Or, you know, people pop out of their ski in the middle of the trail and it goes flying down because their brakes didn't come up or some sure. outrageous uh, outfits that you kind of just laugh at. Um, 
And I know we it's happened to us. Like I remember when we shot at Waterville, one of their blue trails is called Oblivion that wraps around the backside of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got this sharp uh, 90 degree turn to the left. And I kind of got a little little cocky, I'd say. And I caught some air going over the, the little lip. And I landed, caught an edge, and just slammed real hard. Luckily, it wasn't in the show. I kind of wish it did because it was really funny. Nice. So, you know weird we've seen slams funny stuff happen in the base lodge pranks on on crew members and just random people that we see and i think that's what makes skiing unique like you you really don't know what to expect when you show up other than looking at the weather and getting scared by it but sure yeah it's just just you don't know and that's what makes it fun it it does you could any day you could just be sitting on a lift and be like did I just see that for real? Was was that real? Some of it's funny. There is some ugly stuff. I won't tell some of the ugly stories I have. Uh, like I've seen some horrible stuff too, but um, that's all. It's a dangerous sport. We'll just put it that way. But that's that's so funny, man. You get and I like that you embrace your biff. You're funny. A lot of people don't do that. They're like, I never fall. I always say, if you're not falling, then you're not trying. That's that's how we lived. Yeah, I, I, and like I mentioned earlier, I've had my my fair share of slams where I don't know how I didn't get injured, but then I have the ones where I, I, I get back up and I'm laughing because I don't necessarily know how I fell. I just kind of caught an edge and went down. And sometimes when you catch an edge, you just have to go down, and that that's what makes it funny. Um, yeah. But like what you said a few minutes ago, you like the wow factor of it. I remember I was going up the lift with some friends, and there was a, a free ski competition going on underneath, and some kids just flying through the moguls he goes off the the, the jump and does a black backflip and, and stomps it and we weren't expecting that so we freaked out on the on the lift because in, in a good way because you know we weren't expecting it it was just kind of kind of cool to see oh yeah and the fact is you don't always want to go to the most packed lift but that's where you'll always get the best show like everybody rides under that lift for one reason and one reason alone and that's to show off yeah you might have a few people who are just cutting across but that's where the show-offs will be one of those places is uh at bolton valley their one uh main quad the the terrain underneath it man i swear i saw one of i think it was one of the laurier brothers i don't know though because i couldn't see actually see his face but the guy was too good it was just too good. Yeah, I know. I see people who I'm watching. I'm like, man, I would. Is it, I hope I look like that when I'm <laughs> when I'm coming down. And it's just kind of crazy that the the wide variety of of skill level that you can see in a day. You know, you have your people who are just learning, and then you have your people who probably could be pro skiers that kind of just fly. I know we have one guy who who comes out with us, and uh, he makes me look like I've never skied before, and it's. And it's crazy how good he is and, and how fast he is and how in control. And that just all goes to knowing your limits. Like if you're if you're at a point in your ski life where you're confident that you can really rip in a safe way, go for it. Um, oh, yeah. It, and it's, it's all about knowing your surroundings, right? There's, you can't do anything by watching people come from behind you. You just kind of have to point forward, pick your spots and turn. And, and hope that everybody behind you is going to do the same thing and, and be aware of everybody. Absolutely. Like it, it, there's something for everyone. And don't be don't let some try hard jerk try and tell you what you don't can't do this. You're not really doing it. Screw that guy. Who cares what he thinks? Don't worry about him. Just get out there, man, and have a good time. You know, speaking of good times, this this interview is a good time. And I almost feel bad because we're not really pushing the mountain report again. It's just two New England guys talking about skiing. But that's OK, too. To bring it back around to the mountain report uh, before we get out of here, man, do you, do you all have your schedule yet for this season? Do you know where you're going? Are you allowed to tell? Uh, so for schedule purposes, our show is going to start broadcasting in December. Sure. Uh, in New England, we'll be on NBC Sports Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on the week on Saturday afternoons, uh, right after Last Chair. Um, then we're also replayed Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're out in Colorado for any of your Colorado listeners on Altitude, which is the same network as the Rockies and the Avalanche. All the New England Snowbirds who are down in Florida were on were on Valley Sports, and then we just picked up a few new networks. So we're down in the Texas area on AT and T Sports uh, Southwest, uh, AT and T Sportsnet in Pittsburgh, and then we're also in the Pacific Northwest on Roots, which is you know the Mariners and the new Seattle Kraken network. Just just some mm-hmm. examples you know we'll be in new england again going to some some definitely unique ski areas for sure hoping to get back to quebec this year that would be fun and then again we're hoping to kind of do another trip out west whether it's colorado maybe wyoming or the pacific northwest who's to say i guess only time will tell nice so you all could literally be anywhere so listeners if you want to catch a glimpse of jack and and his his crew out there doing their job very very cool job you're gonna have to keep an eye out because they could pop up anywhere anywhere yes and uh one thing i will say if you see any of us we always have some mountain report stickers on us so if you want some stickers just come over and find us and uh we'll give you a few i know uh, there's a couple lifts around New England that you might find some mountain report stickers on. Maybe some some lift towers or some some park features. Uh, oh yeah. So we're everywhere. If you want some stickers, just let us know. That's that's something we've uh, we've noticed the last few years is people really like stickers. Oh, they love them. I I give them out a bunch too. I totally get it. And I've seen Mountain Report uh, stickers on lift towers in various places. Couldn't tell you exactly where right now off the top of my head, but I have seen them. Take a look at your local mountain or even your vacation mountains lift towers and look and see what you get. There's just history of stickers there. It's really interesting and really awesome. Well, that's awesome, man. Let's uh, let's give the Mountain Report one final plug. They're at mountainreport.tv, right, as well? Uh, yes, as- yep. MountainReport.tv, you can head there online. You see a boatload of our segments from New England, Quebec. Uh, you can head into the vault, as we like to say, and see some of our segments that are 10, 15 years old. I know there's some from Matatash and Wildcat. Uh, there's one from Altub from back in the day. Salt Lake City, Utah is up there. I and mean, you can find us on Facebook. Just look up The Mount Report and toss us a like. We're on Instagram, just at The Mount Report. Uh, and then we're also on Twitter as well. So uh, we hit all the, we hit the big three. Um, then if just Find us on YouTube. Just search The Mountain Report and uh, you'll see us right there. Yeah, man. The Mountain Report has stuff for days and it's done very, very well. I'm talking top level production style. It looks great. It sounds great. The the narration is very good. Good stuff, man. I, I really enjoy The Mountain Report and I was very excited when you offered to come on Skirex Media Podcast after after the Whaleback uh, uh, segment. Uh, dude, I appreciate it. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy we were able to find a day to get this done because I think when we first talked, it was maybe way back in May. So uh, a lot of anticipation. And, and I know all day I've been looking forward to, to sitting down and talking with you. And uh, hopefully we can get out and, and take a few laps uh, on the Indy Pass one day this winter. Dude, you let me know. You tell me when you're when you yourself are going to be there. If the mountain reports there, I'll even help carry stuff if you need. I don't mind. No shame. Hey, as long as you're skiing, who really cares what you're you're carrying, right? (laughs) Yeah, man, that's fine with me. I'll do it. That's awesome. Look for us on the mountain. I'll be out there. Jack will be out there. The mountain report will be out there with Jack, maybe without him too. It's, it's a, you know, he's got a very interesting job, very interesting business. Like he says, he can't go on them all, but thank you for listening again. Thank you, Jack, for coming on. I really do appreciate it, dude. This was awesome. Thank you.
Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun. It's always fun to talk skiing. Absolutely. Thanks. And then we'll get, there was going to be a second person and we tried, but we failed. We'll get that together at some point for honest. Tell them I'm sorry. Oh, hey, <laughs> no worries. Maybe at Snowbound we can uh, sit down and talk again. Dude, what an idea. Snowbound's going to be busy this year, kids. Come to Boston and visit all of us because we'll all be down there, all of us. You will see that we all kind of know each other a little bit and we don't, we're not really competitors, any of us. We just do it and we like it. And we all bring something to the table. For sure. It's the best way to describe it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jack, again. Uh, I appreciate it. SkiRexMedia.com and TheMountainReport.tv. Check it out. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And there he goes, Jack McGuirk from The Mountain Report. You can find The Mountain Report, as we said, on themountainreport.tv or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, The Mountain Report. Check them out. Of course, links will be in the description, the show notes always. Like I say, check that out when you've pulled over. If you're listening in your car, if you're just sitting around the house, you can check right now. Shoot, you might have already taken a look at it. In any case, thank you again for joining me on the Ski Rex Media Podcast. Be sure to come again next week where I'll be doing yet another interview with another guest and it's going to be guests all the way up to the holiday break sometime around Christmas I think I think that's what I have set up also I hope you do enjoy your season from now till Christmas and after I will be out there of course mostly at Whaleback as you know and then torn around with the Indie Pass for all kinds of information about Ski Rex Media please check SkiRexMedia.com and social media Ski Rex Media on all social media that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn Ski Rex Media and Patreon.com slash Ski Rex Media if you'd like to support Support the show that way. Subscribers get early access to the show. There will be subscriber-only content. There will be a couple things going on over there, especially as we get more into the season. Also, when I get the live stream going, there'll be priority calling for paid subscribers, for Patreon subscribers, right? Right. In any case, I am Tim from Ski Rex Media. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your whenever you listen to this. And I will see you out there later.